from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. If credit union member service managers had a wish list, right at the top would be inspiring their frontline employees to engage in true conversations with members, not sales pitches or road explanations of product and service features and benefits, but real conversations that make the credit union a memorable part of members' everyday lives. In this podcast, our latest in a series focused on service culture, we explore how creating personalized experiences has become more important than ever since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Jane Hitman, National Program Manager for Creating Member Loyalty, CML, a development strategy program from CUNA focused on increasing employee engagement in the member experience, describes how credit unions can create these experiences through team building and other soft skill training. Building on that approach, Paul Robert, CEO of FI Strategies, a strategic partner of CML, says one of the keys is viewing your employees not as assets, but as partners in serving members. Never has that theory proven more true than in the past year. So in our last podcast, we talked a lot about personalized customer engagement. Jane shared a great example of a restaurant that she frequents and what they've done to make every visit special. So why is personalization so important right now? Paul, do you kind of want to get us started with this? Yeah, thanks, Ron. And that's a great question. I, I think personalization takes a lot of different shapes and forms, you know, it, it can be showing empathy, it can be needs-based selling, it can be people helping people, you know, like our, our motto or our mantra. All of those contain a great deal of personalization. They're all about treating others like a person. They're all about humanizing the interaction. I think it's so critical right now, Ron, because One thing I'm taking from this pandemic is that everybody's experience has been different. How each person reacted at the start was different. The challenges we all face throughout it has been different. The keys to thriving in spite of the pandemic are different. If you can understand those situations and many others at a personal level, that'll really open the door to relating to someone else at a whole new level. This applies to member interactions, of course. It also applies to employee interactions. And it'll be really powerful if a credit union can effectively do it in both regards. Hey, Jane, how about you take it from the member perspective and I'll take it from the employee perspective. Sounds good, Paul. And I agree. This This crazy pandemic has affected everyone so differently. So just take me and my family. So I've worked remotely for 22 years. My job was not financially impacted. So my life hasn't changed a whole lot. Of course, you could mention that my husband now works remotely with me, which has messed up my routine totally. But when you think about my husband and working remotely, It's a good thing because it saves him four hours a day in commute. However, his salary was cut by 5%. 
And then you look at my best friend who owns a salon. Well, she was closed for months and months and months and lost about 90% of her income in 2020. So, you know, that's what I call the capital E kind of empathy. So these are just three stories. Members experience all kinds of things like this and stuff I've never even thought of. So the, the big question that I just keep coming back to is how are we equipping our teams to really look for those personal connection moments? And Ron, you mentioned the restaurant. So if we stick to that from the last conversation, the thing that continually stands out to me, and I've got a lot more to share with you about the restaurant, but the things that stick out to me are that every encounter that they have with me is personal. It's about me. They've spent the time and they've made the effort to make it about me. And that doesn't, in a lot of cases, come natural. That's things that you have to work on. So they've set up their technology to support their efforts and they've set up team meetings. And this helps to really drive their culture. Hey, Jane, that's interesting to me because I think a lot of times we think that when we talk about personalizing, in your case, personalizing the, the member experience, it's going to involve a long, detailed conversation or a meeting with someone. And sometimes that might be the case, but a leader can really learn a lot about someone in those brief daily interactions, those curbside interactions that they have with their employees. So, you need to focus on speed because that's the reality with many employee interactions, but you also need to focus on quality, you know, which comes from those healthier, longer conversations. So I think it needs to be both the curbside and those, you know, sit down conversations. Now in today's world, it would be uh, those virtual conversations in many cases. I also think for employees, when we talk about personalization, that comes down to not feeling like a number or at least being made to feel like a number. Knowing that the credit union and especially their boss recognizes and cares about them as a person and not as a number, you know, kind of like that Bob Seeger song, I'm not a number or I feel like a number. From an employee standpoint, I believe that's what today's worker is saying to themselves, if you don't show me you care or show me the love, I'm going to find someplace that does. And I think that applies to almost everyone, no matter their age or what demographic they are or anything like that. I had one client CEO tell me recently that the number one reason his credit union thrived during the pandemic is because they've never thought of their employees as assets or capital. You can't see it, but I'm using air quotes on those. You know, they, they never thought about themselves and they never even let themselves use those words. They've always thought of their employees as people. And doing that, I think, has positioned them to have a much better relationship or partnership, as he says, with their staff. And they can now ask them to do things in new and different ways during the pandemic in order to keep serving their members at the highest level. How can we personalize those interactions? I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to go back to my restaurant example, because frankly, we went last week and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be able to share this during the podcast. So 
One really cool thing that this restaurant has implemented since the last time we had a conversation here is that they have opened what they call VIP tables. And these tables they decided would be for any of their customers that come at least three times a month. How they determined that is that they had some team huddles, I'll call them, because that's what we call them in credit union land. And they started talking about what would make up a VIP? Why would we classify them as that? What are their characteristics? What are their needs? And they just started brainstorming and just, you know, free flow conversation. And from that, they started to really get to know who they thought their VIPs were. And then it came down to, well, what are we going to do for them? So once they decided that they're going to have three tables that are VIP tables, they'll be in optimum spots and They'll be labeled and they'll be a little fancier than the other table kind of thing. They then started talking about, well, how do we engage with these people? Maybe differently or at a higher level. And again, they started brainstorming all of this, practicing what it would sound like. Ron, one of the things that I find often when I talk to credit unions, well, and it might be every credit union I talk to, I hear, can you help us develop our people to have conversations with people? Because conversational skills are really lacking today. So, you know, I think about this conversation at the restaurant. They just practiced them. You know, those are all things that, that we can do. So when I was talking to the owner, she said, you know, now that we've linked our point of sale to where we can actually populate it with information about, well, the frequency that you visit us, um, what you order when you're here, it makes it easy for that information to pop up when you check in or when you make a reservation. So again, I can call in, make a reservation, which I did for last Saturday, and that information populates. So they immediately know I'm a VIP and it makes it easy to set that up. We show up on on Saturday night and we bring a couple with us that have never been to this restaurant before. So as we start to approach the podium, the hostess recognizes my husband and she literally calls him by name and, you know, welcomes us. We're glad you're back. It's good to see you're doing okay. And all of those kinds of things. Then she turns to the people that are with us that have never been there before. She doesn't know that. And she says, hey, have you been here before? Have you dined with Mark and Jane before? And and they're like, no, we've never been here before. And she jokingly, she kind of did a head nod towards Mark. And she's like, well, I know you're going to have good conversation. Now, my goal is to make sure you have food that measures up to that same thing. So then we walked across the floor. She, you know, took us to the VIP table, which was really quite lovely and labeled VIP, which was kind of impressive. And our friends were definitely taken back with it. And literally they commented, wow, this place kind of goes above and beyond. And, you know, I wanted to say, yeah, wait, it gets better from here. But I didn't quite know what was, you know, coming. But when the waiter came to our table, you know, he said, hello. And, and again, he called Mark by name and he said, okay, Mark, you're having iced tea, right? Because that's what Mark always drinks. And then he kind of gestured towards me and he said, uh, are you having a jalapeno margarita tonight? Which I enthusiastically responded. Yeah, I, I am, as a matter of fact. And the waiter, and here's where the, the real personal starts. He leaned in between my girlfriend and I and he says, hey, to save 
me time and save you money. I'm just going to bring you a picture. And, you know, we laugh like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea, knowing that we would probably drink it anyway. So it was just one of those funny kinds of things. So as the evening progressed, I mean, we've had dinner, we're sitting around chatting. The waiter comes over and he says to my girlfriend, you have one of the best laughs I've ever heard. We laugh all the time with or without margaritas. So I'll just throw that out there. But uh, she was really touched by that. Like, wow, that's pretty cool that he acknowledged that. And then he said, you know, you guys can stay as you want. Don't worry about opening the table because that laugh is keeping me going tonight. So you talk about personal. This didn't seem like it took a lot of effort. It was just personal and it was natural. But I think that they got to that interaction level because they had these huddles where they just got together and talked about what does it sound like? What does it look like? Let's let's practice a conversation. These are all things that we can do at the credit union. They're not hard. I think one of the keys is to be curious about people, be friendly, be natural, And I think sometimes we need some soft skills training. We need to learn how to have those engaging and what does it look like? Eye contact, facial expressions, the basics, um, our tone of voice and so on. So I'm going to tell you if a restaurant can do this, I am positive that we can do this at the credit union. And um, just like this restaurant did, I think we can make this a focus at our next meeting and just keep that going. As you were talking through that interaction, it it really made me think about, you know, we could do it the same way with our employees. I mean, I don't think we can set up VIP tables for our employees, (laughs) but we can find other ways to treat them like VIPs. I think the same principles and and motivations apply, in, in other words. I guess as it relates specifically to employees, there's two powerful yet simple questions I would challenge everybody to ask every employee. Number one, what can the credit union do for you right now? So what can we do for you right now is the first question. And then the second one is, how would you like to be motivated right now? We did a survey of our credit union clients. And one question we asked about is the health of their employee culture as a result of the pandemic. And most of them rated it fairly high. 65% said their staff's emotional well-being was the same as uh, pre-pandemic or even better. And only 13% described their staff's well-being as struggling. In fact, one CEO said that he thinks their morale and culture was significantly better today than before the pandemic. So I think the credit unions that really stood out in that survey, and Jane, as you and I uh, talked to credit unions, the ones that really stand out noted that they have asked their employees one or both of those questions. In fact, one of them said that all they had to do was show them that we care and that eased a lot of their concerns. That was a direct quote. Another said that their HR executive scheduled one-on-one meetings with every employee and has asked them those two questions. So 
what you're accomplishing with those questions by asking them of all of your employees is you're showing them that you care. You care about their current state of mind, about their current priorities in life. That's personalization. That's not generalizing. That's not just assuming you know. That's truly personalizing the interaction. That's that's huge for building a, a solid and loyal relationship with employees for a long time into the future. Let's build on that. Let's talk a little bit about what difference that makes. Paul mentioned the word loyalty, and I'll just tell you, in members, this personalized service builds loyalty. We know loyal members tend to have more products. They tend to use effectively, and that's all going to affect our bottom line in a positive way. We also know that um, net promoter scores will increase because of those engagement levels. And we also know, just like I told you my restaurant story, when members have these kinds of experiences within the credit union, they want to share that good news with their friends and family. You know, some are going to post it out immediately because that's that's what they do. The rest of them are going to wait for an opportunity, but they're going to share the positive information with the sphere that they influence. The behaviors that we see from members who do experience personalized engagement, they feel connected to your organization. They feel like they belong there and everybody's looking for that. There's a well-being about it. And that piece that comes with the trust in their financial institution, that's priceless. And they are talking about that. So it leads them to, you know, make suggestions to their friends and family. It also opens up their own mind. So if they are doing business with you, they're open to the suggestions that you're making, which might be for another product or service. It certainly makes them more tolerant of mistakes that also happen because we know they do sometimes, but sharing that experience is huge. And so I believe that this kind of thing makes a big difference for right now and the future of credit unions. Yeah. And and Ron, one thing on the employee side, uh, when I think about the difference that it's going to make is I think it's going to minimize turnover you're going to have a far more loyal employee than you'll have if you don't personalize the relationship. Now, it doesn't guarantee that they're not going to go anywhere, but it certainly reduces the chances of it. The second thing that I think of in terms of the difference is you're going to have a more motivated employee. If they trust that you're looking out for their best interest, I just think they're going to be much more willing to make an extra effort or two in order to up their game and be more productive and better serve the members. I I think these are two things that'll come out of the pandemic. The credit unions that personalize their employee interactions will have more loyal and more motivated employees. There's no hard and fast guarantees, but I think it'll certainly increase the likelihood of that happening. And what can credit unions do to incorporate that personalization into what they do with members and employees? Well, I'll go first. I I think it's important to just openly acknowledge it. I mean, there's no reason to do this secretively. Make it known that both your employee culture as well as your member service efforts are focused squarely on 
humanizing or personalizing every interaction. I, I think it could be a real differentiator in the marketplace. Jane, do you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think inside the credit union, facilitate those discussion groups, get those conversations going, engage with your team in developing a plan and a strategy around building their comfort in, you know, having those conversations. And I guess one of the things that's that keeps resonating with me is expertise in member care. I think we we miss that along the way. So I'm all about let's equip and empower our people to live our motto, people helping people, right? And there's no better time than right now to level up. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.